0: Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, we'll get along great and this is the place for you. 5 days a week i'll share a brief episode often based on the come follow me curriculum for that week that i'm using to have daily conversations with my kids whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner and you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.
1: All right, welcome back to the Everyday Conversion podcast. This is episode 131 and I am getting my vehicle worked on. So if you hear phones ringing in the background, people talking, that is what's going on. But today we're continuing our mini-series called In Their Shoes. And today we're going to talk about Joseph, um, married to to Mary, um, and the stepfather, as it were, of Jesus Christ. And it's interesting because there's really not a ton about Joseph. But what we do know about him is really, really interesting. First off, you know, in um, in uh, in M- Matthew, we have um, Joseph's lineage listed out, uh, which is interesting because Christ was not Joseph's son. But I think it's lined out that way so that we are reminded that had Israel been free, Joseph is the descendant of David. That would be king. So he had this royal lineage, um, which doesn't matter for Christ, um, for Christ's lineage, obviously, because it would have to be through Mary. But it is interesting that we see that he was, he had a very rich history um, of being um, a descendant of, J- of David, um, which I believe is important because I think it shows why Joseph was the way that he was. And the first thing we see of Joseph is in verse eighteen of Matthew one, where it says that uh, when Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. So I can't imagine that conversation because I mean, essentially, in in our you know to put it in terms that we would understand, they were engaged, and all of a sudden she's pregnant. And it wasn't his. And even in our day, that would be a very upsetting um, thing to learn—that your spouse had been unfaithful to you. Um, uh, You know, that's the way it would seem. I mean, I I guess I won't say every every other instance in the history of the world that that had happened, that was the case. But virtually every other instance in the world that that had happened, that was the case—that somebody had been you know, that they've been unfaithful. I mean, how else do you get pregnant? And so you have Joseph in this really difficult situation. And, you know, that's certainly something that, you know, nine times out of 10 in our day and age would lead to a break off of the engagement. The wedding would be over, which is exactly what Joseph wanted to do. But I did some digging and there's a, there's a article that I'll link to in the show notes at everydayconversion.com forward slash 131, um, called, um, called He Was a Carpenter's Son, What We Know About Joseph. And it's on comeuntochrist.org. It's on their blog. And it explains, and I'd heard this before, but it was good to find it again. But it says, according to the times and customs, so in our day, you know, this would definitely be a break off the engagement, we're no longer getting married because you cheated on me. It says, according to the times and customs, Joseph had the right to have Mary punished and even put to death by public stoning. So this was very serious. I can't imagine what that conversation was when Mary tells him, "Hey, by the way, I'm pregnant," and I, I, you're not going to believe what what this is. I I imagine that she must have told him what the angel had told her. Uh, she must have, and you know, we don't have it in the records, but it would not be surprising to me that um, the angel had told Mary to tell Joseph what she had been told. You know, kind of like Allah, um, you know, Joseph Smith telling. Or being told to uh, tell his father about his vision, you know, very similar things. Um, I'm getting my tires worked on, so if you can hear the uh, the air gun in the background, the impact uh, impact hammer, that's what that is. Um, you know, so I would not be surprised. It doesn't say that in the scriptures, but it certainly um, wouldn't be out of the norm for uh, Mary to have been told to tell Joseph everything that that she had been told, but. Either way, I mean, that's a fantastic story and not fantastic as in great, as in unbelievable um, to be told, you know, and and most people would look at that and say, well, that's, you know, of course you're going to say that, but that's not necessarily, you know, believable. Just because someone um, had been told that doesn't mean that you would necessarily believe that that is what, um, what had happened. It, It would sound like a lie. So, Joseph, I love, I love what it says here um, in verse 20, it says, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. So in verse 19, it says that he was a just man, you know, and he wasn't, he didn't want to make a public example of her. So unlike what he was allowed to do under the law, he was just going to basically end the engagement and move on. Uh, He didn't want to ruin her reputation. He didn't want her to be killed or stoned or punished. He was just going to move on. He was just going to say, okay, well, this isn't going to work because you were unfaithful to me. And that's it. But it says that he thought on these things, which I think is important because it shows that he didn't make rash decisions. He didn't um, fly off the handle. You know, certainly he was upset and probably distressed and distraught um, because obviously he cared greatly about Mary. But he didn't do anything rash he didn't make a decision right away he thought on these things and it says an angel of the lord appeared unto him in a dream and this is a this is a a common occurrence in joseph's life as we see throughout the rest of his life that he was visited in dreams that he was taught by angels and that doesn't happen if you're not faithful if you're not obedient if you're not seeking guidance and inspiration you know as as we learn throughout the scriptures. Um, inspiration and revelation doesn't come unless we're seeking it. We have to look for it. We have to be seeking it in order for it to, uh, to occur. So he was obviously by, you know, it says he thought on these things. I'm sure he was praying as well. He was seeking inspiration and guidance, asking what he should do. And that's when the angel appears and said, Fear not to take unto thee, Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So, just like Nephi received his own revelation to um, to substantiate what his father Lehi had taught them, likewise Joseph is now receiving revelation to substantiate what was taught to his wife, to his uh, to his fiance, um, and he's told, "Don't worry, you know." And and I think it's interesting that he's greeted by this angel. In this manner joseph thou son of david so he's reminded of his lineage which probably is another reason that matthew um, goes through his lineage at the beginning to to emphasize why it was so important that this angel said joseph thou son of david joseph remember who you are remember the promises given to um the lineage of lineage of david remember what david was promised that through his line um the savior would come you know that the savior you know and, and not only that i think it was reminding Joseph of his responsibility as the rightful heir to the, to the throne um, that he was to raise the person that would take the throne um, as, you know, the, the son of David, you know, because obviously Mary was a descendant of David as well. So I think it's interesting to see that and and to recognize um, that, This was important to him. I'm sure he was taught throughout his life that um, if Israel was free, if Judah was free, that he would be the king, that his was the rightful place to be the king. And I imagine because of the type of man that we see that he is, that that was used as as a, a conversation from his parents to say, remember who you are and who you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to act. And um, he really evidences, from the little bit we see, he evidences um, that wisdom um, and that that um, that kind and just, um, keenly, um, uh, I, I guess, personality that David and Solomon evidenced before they obviously made mistakes. But in when they were at the height of their their power and uh, being blessed by the Lord, that is the type of men that they were. And so he's evidencing that, he's showing that. Um, And then, you know, if we jump over to, to Luke chapter two, we learn some more. And I think this is just, I think this is just kind of, you could say it's not really that important and maybe it's just a throwaway phrase, but to me in verse 16, when it's talking about The shepherds coming and visiting the baby Jesus, and it says they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And to me, as I read that, it makes me think. You know, Joseph was fully involved. You know, he was there with Mary. He was supporting her. You know, he he took her and took care of her um, as they were traveling to Bethlehem for the census. He he found a place for them to stay, even though he couldn't find a room. He found a place that they could be out of the out of the weather, that they could be um, somewhat comfortable and have a private place um, for Mary to give birth. And that shows a lot because again, this is a woman who most men would have said, she cheated on me. This is, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm going to have her stoned to death because that is within my rights. And he didn't do that. They took care of her, continued to be an active part in her life. And you see that throughout his life. Um, you know, after this, you know, he shows his faith because they, after um, after the days of, of Mary's purification were done, they took him to the temple, Jesus, um, to perform all of the ordinances and rites that you're supposed to do with a firstborn son. They took him to the temple, um, and it says that that um, Mary and Joseph marveled at the things uh, which were spoken to them by Anna and – who is the other one? Um, the other brother that was there, Simeon. Um you know, they marveled, and so he he, uh, he was faithful. He um, lived the gospel, he lived his faith and did all that he was supposed to do. But then I think, as we go back to Luke, or as we as we continue on in Luke, I think it's important, or no, let's go back to Matthew. It's important that, like I said, he he has this history, and this, um, this, I don't want to say ability, but he has this, he receives dreams often. You know, as you look through it, he receives a dream to let him know that he should get, he should continue to marry Mary. Um, he should keep the engagement. Uh, he receives a dream that he's supposed to take his family to Egypt in Matthew chapter 2. Um Let's see, Matthew 2, um, verse 12. Oh, wait, no, not 12. Uh, Matthew 2, verse 13. Um, he receives a dream that he's supposed to take his family into Egypt. And then in... Let's see. In verse 19, he receives a dream, 19 and 20, that he should return to Jerusalem, that Herod is dead, and he should return. And then in verse 22, he's warned in a dream that he should um, not return um, to where he was headed, but go to Nazareth and build his life there. So Joseph has this history of dreams, and I think what it teaches is, for me— it's, it's evidence that Joseph was, he sought inspiration and guidance in every aspect of his life, especially in his family responsibilities. You know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a fairly good person. I've never received a dream. Like, I've never had an angel appear to me in a dream. Joseph had it happen four times that we know of. My guess is it probably happened more than that, and it's just not recorded. Because he's a man that sought revelation and inspiration and guidance at every turn. He was always looking to be guided and led in his family responsibilities, and what an amazing example that is um, for us to follow. You know that he was always looking to be guided. He was always looking to be um, taught um, and shown what he should do. And no doubt, throughout um, those travels to Egypt and the travels back, you know, there's there's certainly um, dangers. I'm sure that would, that happened along those routes and robbers and, and everything else. I'm sure he had to seek guidance and revelation and inspiration throughout those experiences and throughout his life and I think the final thing about about Joseph that really I think solidifies who he was is when he when when Christ is 12 years old and they go to the temple and they're coming back and they lose um, they forget Jesus in Jerusalem which by the way make always makes me feel like a better parent because it's like okay well if if the, the mother of Jesus, the mother of the son of God can forget him and not know he's gone for three days, well, then I'm not doing as bad of a par- as, <laughs> parenting as I as sometimes think I am because I've never left my kid for three days. Um, not that I'm saying that Mary and Joseph were bad parents by any means. It just helps me realize that, you know, we all lose our kids sometimes. <laughs> um, but when they find him, it's interesting what Mary says. She says, his mother said, it says, his mother said unto him, son. Why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And to me, the fact that she addresses Jesus when he had been missing and says, thy father and I, meaning Joseph and I, you know, why have you done this to us? Why have we been so worried about you? To me is evidence that he, in every single instance and aspect that he could, he was a father to Jesus. He acted like a father. He taught him. He played with him. He raised him. He counseled him. He guided him. He was actively involved, so much so that Mary referred to him as his father. And what an amazing example that is to take a child that's not yours um, and to treat him as if he's yours. You know, I I'm not, you know, my wife and I have been have been married and all the kids are ours, but I see friends of mine who have blended families for whatever reason, whether it's through death or divorce or whatever. And I've talked to some of them, and I know it's very, very difficult um, to not be the parent of a child and then still treat them that way and to have the child treat them, treat you that way. Now, granted, Christ was perfect, so obviously he was a good kid, but it is a different dynamic, and apparently Joseph did an extremely good job of managing that dynamic and, and teaching him and, you know. Um, you know, later on, I don't, I didn't look it up, but I know there's the scripture where it talks about you know, in Christ's teaching, you know, like, isn't this the carpenter's son? You know, so he was by everybody identified as being Joseph's son. He was, um, uh, which means that Joseph had to have been involved in his life in a way that led people to, uh, look at him that way, which I think says volumes for him. But to me, when I think of Joseph, and when I put myself in his shoes, the things that stick out to me is just his his determination to seek revelation and inspiration and guidance for his life, for himself, for his wife, for his family, um, and also just that he his actions spoke louder than his words. We have um, I don't know if we have any words that he actually said. We have things that were sent to him by angels, but no words are recorded. Um, of what he said but the way he acted indicates that he was faithful that he sought inspiration and that he did everything he could to fulfill his responsibilities Um, he fulfilled the role that was given to him which was to look after and raise and guide the the, you know the son of god the savior and we don't hear anything more about him and judging by the fact that you know mary goes to jesus um, when they ran out of wine And Jesus looks to John to take care of his mother when um, he's on the cross. It indicates that that Joseph passed away at some point. We don't hear any more about him. Um, But in his short life, uh, relatively short, um, he made a massive impact. And I'm sure that um, the Savior looked to him with the same reverence that he looked to his mother because of the things that he taught him. And, you know, no doubt, you know, in those in those times, he he. You know, taught him his trade and and spent time with him and played with him and loved him as if he was his own son, which is a fantastic example for us. And I think if I was to pick one thing about two things, I would say two things. um one, it would be you know he's an amazing example of service, of serving, of letting your actions speak louder than your words, and two um, the determination to seek revelation and guidance, um, and to live a life worthy, of being taught by angels and being taught in dreams, of g- being given inspiration and guidance. Yes, he was foreordained to do that, but he still had to do it. He still had to live in a way that allowed him to do it. And that is a, a wonderful example for all of us. You know, um, He still had to make the choices. He still had to live that life, even though he was foreordained to do it. He still had to live it, and he did. And I think that's a, a marvelous example. And I love the way he is portrayed in the, the new nativity story video that the church uh, released as well um, of the Christ child. And I'll link to that again in the show notes. It's linked yesterday. Um, so if you didn't listen yesterday, it's episode 130. Um, so everydayconversion.com forward slash 130. Um, you can listen to In Her Shoes about Mary. And then today uh, we just finished talking about In His Shoes. Um, talking about Joseph and I'll link to um, episode 130 in the show notes for today's episode at everydayconversion.com forward slash 131. And just real quick, again, uh, cut one more day left. You you can get free shipping up until Christmas day on the 2020 Come Follow Me calendar from my friend, Danny Hayes, Danny and Neil Hayes. Um, Make sure you grab that, get your free shipping, get your calendar shipped to you um, so you can be on track for next year's Come Follow Me study. Um, have a Merry Christmas. I'm going to try to record another episode later on today so I can release one tomorrow, probably talking about the shepherds. I think that's where I'm going to go is talk about the shepherds, uh, because they were there right after the savior was born as soon after as we can, um, as we can tell. So Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing this with your friends and your family. Um, you know, I appreciate it. This has been such an awesome experience for me. Um, and I love, I'm loving this mini series of really digging into. Um, Each aspect, each character um, of the nativity story. And, um, you know, I had this idea because of um, the book that I was reading, that I'm reading with my family called Celebrating a Christ-Centered Christmas uh, by Emily Bell Freeman. And you can get the link to that uh, in the show notes as well. So have a Merry Christmas. Um, Enjoy the time with your family. And we'll be back with another episode and another edition of In Their Shoes, this mini series for the Christmas week. And we will talk to you then.